0: Hey everyone, this is Michael with um, Black SD Magazine and today we are back with another episode of Behind the Business. Today I have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down and speak with Maya of Maya's Cookies.
1: Wow, thank you for such an introduction. (laughs) It's my honor to be here and thank you for having me.
0: No, you have taken San Diego and the country by storm with your cookies. I just (laughs) think people need to understand how you did this in five years, from farmer's markets to your kids telling you, hey mom, go for it. Tell us about
1: that. Oh my goodness. It's been a journey, that's for sure. And it all started with my basic sweet tooth. I spent 30 years as a fitness instructor with a sweet tooth, and I ate clean and healthy all week. But on my cheat day, I wanted a chewy, delicious Mrs. Fields type cookie that was vegan, since I was vegan. And there just wasn't anything out there on the market. I created my own cookie, I just veganized a basic recipe and everyone loved them they were the rave and basically when my two older sons were in college at the same time I was faced with that daunting double tuition bill (laughs) so you don't know how broke you are till you have two kids in private colleges at the same time and I decided maybe these cookies have some merit behind them I'm going to see if I can sell them I started selling them to my students in class once I was up to baking about 20 20 dozen a week. I decided I need to look into seeing if I can turn this into a business. I did my market research and discovered that the farmers markets were going to be the most cost effective way to do that since I was balling on a budget. (laughs) 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 And that's how I launched. I decided to start at farmers markets. I bought a basic booth with a $10 off coupon from Big Five. I have my tent, I bought a table. I found a table hot at Party City, and I had my cookies, and I had two recipes, two flavors. That was it.
0: What were the two flavors?
1: Chocolate chip and chocolate chocolate <laughs> chip.
0: Can't be it easy. And Kept then I created
1: easy. a third flavor by combining the two and calling that the marble fudge. So it was chocolate chip <laughs> yeah. and chocolate marble together.
0: It was very cost effective. Yes. You know, I love hearing a story like that because you did everything that a lot of entrepreneurs need to know to do you first started with market research. How'd you do market research if this was something, a new area that you were in?
1: Well, my middle son, who he's like me, he has an entrepreneurial spirit. He decided to go with me around to all the farmer's markets and we observed all the different vendors at all. I saw the booths that I did not like. I saw the booths that I did like. I went to the market and bought every vegan cookie out there. I looked at the labeling. I looked at the product offerings. I went online to see what other vegan gourmet cookie companies there were, and there weren't any. My husband said to me, well, if there aren't any, there must be a reason why. He's not an entrepreneur, and he doesn't have that risk-taking element. He's risk-adverse. (laughs) He's (laughs) risk-adverse. And that's basically what we did. We bought every vegan cookie on the market. I didn't find a single one that I liked. I knew that I could do better. I decided to visit every farmer's market and it was difficult getting into the farmer's market so I would go to the manager's booth and say how do I get into this market and they look at you and just laugh at you like Why? Little, little girl there's so much to this you know uh, I was just walking up asking being a
0: woman they had a you think there was I, something? Looked-
1: I think a couple there were you know I'm a black woman so I did get that yeah. feeling a couple of times that I was to be dismissed and they weren't Really taking me serious so i did feel that a couple oh, times wow. um, the one farmer's market that i loved little italy i went there they mm-hmm. had a booth a manager's booth i went to the booth asked him my same basic question i've asked yeah. every manager and they were actually positive they said guess what we have a class called vendor 101 it'll answer oh, all sweet. of your questions it's once a month the next one's in two weeks here's the information sign up for this this will help you So I did. I signed up for that Vendor 101 course offered by San Diego Markets. They operate Little Italy Farmer's Market. Wow. And they have a superb management team. I learned everything in that eight hours that I needed to know to get started. And one thing that I did is I brought samples of my cookies with me because I thought, okay, these are the managers putting on this class. They're (laughs) the ones that operate the market. This is my opportunity to get in front of them. So what risk? what do I have to lose? So I brought my product. And at the break, I handed it to them. I said, hi, my name's Maya. This is my vegan cookie company. These are some samples of my product. And when we came back from break, they uh, said they loved them. And then after the class, they asked me if I would be interested in being a substitute at their markets.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So That's and awesome. in the class, they actually say don't bring products to the managers because we get so many products all the time. But rules are meant to be broken. It's not written in stone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was. I I like to take the opportunity when I have it presented in front of me because you never know when you're going to get it again. And what's the worst they can say is, "No, thank you." Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll take these home. So.
0: I love that you said you never know when you're going to get this opportunity again because, um, you know, we have our Catalyst Black, our um, free three-month entrepreneur program, and that's one of the biggest things I tell all entrepreneurs that go through it, your pitch, make sure you're ready because you never know who you're talking to. You never know who's going to look at you based off of your race, your gender, whatever. So you need to just make sure you know how you're selling yourself, your product, and all your services. So I do love that. I want to go back to one thing, though. You were very methodical with all of this, you know, cause some entrepreneurs just hop in and say, I'm going to figure it out. But you really took time and effort and calories to like really figure it out. Is that something you already knew you had to do? Or is that something that someone told you you should do first?
1: No, I think it's A, instinct and B, I had my two sons tuition on the line and I promised them a college education. You get the grades, you do your part, you're going to go to college. And that was my driving force. I had to pay for college. My son literally <clears throat> called me from school and said, mom, I can't get into the library because you didn't pay my bill this month and my card isn't swiping it. So that was oh, my uh, drive. I promised them an education. Sure. I, you know, With my background, I don't have family. So my boys are my only legacy yeah. and that's it. And I wanted to create generational wealth yes. and education is the key. And I knew I had to provide that education. So that always is, it still is to this day. I still have one son in college. I have three boys. That's my driving force is my love for them and my need. I want to get them through school. Well, two of them have graduated. Because I knew as black young men, in order to have a seat at the table, they need to have an education.
0: Definitely, you know this episode is going to say "cookies paid my way." This I think <laughs> I'm going to change it to "cookies paid my way," but um, you know, because we have also this series I have with Mariah Darche. She is um also she's about to be a new mother of two, and that's the thing. It's called Mompreneur because we talked about like you know the issues that women go through. I just listen a lot, and a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs we have out here in San Diego are um, black women. Um, that are mothers, either single mothers are mothers that are married, but they, you guys have this same common cord, you know, it's for your kids. It's like, you can't give up, you know, mm-hmm. do you think that without the need to have paid for their way, you would have had that same drive?
1: I think so. This isn't my first business. It's my first real official business, but I can remember uh, being age eight and selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. And I wanted to, they said, you get a prize. Whoever sells the most, this was 1978. Whoever (laughs) sells the most boxes of cookies is going to get this prize. I don't even remember what the prize was. And I said, okay. So at age eight, I developed a plan. Instead of selling in my neighborhood where the rest of the troop was, I mapped out, I found a map, and I found the next neighborhood over, and I rode my bike over there, and I sold my cookies over there because I figure all the other Girl Scouts were selling in our neighborhood. So it's instinct.
0: (laughs) No, you know your instinct is what you (laughs) learn in grad school, right? You know when they tell you to go after new markets that no one's tapping into? So you already thought about that at the age of eight, so that's interesting. Um, And you know you said you looked at and saw that there were no real vegan cookies that were um, gourmet what is the difference between when people because you know a lot of people love to use these words gourmet Mm -hmm. boutique what's the difference between a gourmet cookie and just someone selling cookies at a farmer's market
1: I will tell you so what makes Maya's cookies unique is (laughs) we use high quality ingredients I source the finest ingredients high quality vanillas and we have traditional flavors for all you OGs with the old school but then we also have forward thinking flavors i try to create desserts in the form of a cookie mm-hmm. so for instance marble fudge cake i'm taking i'm taking my age here <laughs> so back in the 70s i remember eating a marble fudge bunt cake and i just have good memories of that so i create that's how the marble fudge idea came oh, to wow. be marble fudge cake <laughs> When I went to visit New Orleans, uh, I couldn't indulge in the caramel pecan candies because they weren't vegan. So when I came back from that trip, I decided to make a caramel pecan cookie. So they're all vegan. That's the difference. But you can't tell they're vegan. So no one was taking delicious desserts and turning them into gourmet cookies and stuffing them with things. I like to say our cookies are elevated, yeah. or they're extra.
0: <laughs> elevated, extra cookies by my yes. Maya. Read all about it. <laughs> yes, they're
1: extra, so they're not just basic. They're extra. You're gonna get a mouthful with every bite. Nice.
0: What is something that people should know about starting a business like this? You know, because sometimes it's easy to say I'm an entrepreneur, and you know, you get an Instagram and you get a website, and people, and you know, in, in this day and age of social media, it makes people feel like I'm, I'm I have arrived. When did you know you actually arrived, compared to when you first started?
1: I still don't know if I've arrived. I'm still trying to arrive. I have <laughs> a of lot the more to conquer. You don't know if you've arrived yet. You know, when you're in the middle of it, I'm in the thick of it. I'm on the grind. Yeah, working from 4 a.m. until 9 p.m. some days. Yeah. I don't think of it as I've arrived. I have a long ways to go, and it's a journey and it's difficult and it's hard and you have to have that grit Mm -hmm. and that not give upness and you have to have drive because there have been plenty of times where behind the scenes i just i have to crumble a little bit because it's hard it's not easy and that's just human nature but my motto in life is put your big girl pants on and get her done so i never give up and i find a way and i make it happen and there are going to be hard times but you just have to persevere and it's mental toughness, a lot of mental toughness.
0: Can you, if you don't mind sharing, maybe one example when things just didn't go right and you were on that brink of, you know, (laughs) what these cookies going, (laughs) bye-bye cookies, bye-bye.
1: Oh yeah, back in June, uh, when everyone wanted to support black businesses and I hope people circle back and continue to support black businesses and not just during the month of June. We had, we were receiving up to 2,000 orders a day every day. And I had enough supplies on hand to maybe fulfill 1,000 orders, but not 10,000 orders. So everything was happening at rapid bullet speed. Our supply chain was held up due to COVID because these vegan ingredients, these high quality ingredients I talk about, you can't just go to a grocery store and buy these. These are things that we source wholesale mm-hmm. and they're you know coming in from the east coast vegan white chocolate you can't buy that on the shelves
0: <laughs> you just can't buy i just can't go to Ralph's right no. now and get vegan white chocolate no, chips <laughs>
1: not the white chocolate that i use because it's high quality
0: so, so, so can we get your secret list on who you get this from or is that top no secret? that's top. you have to buy
1: my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but i remember i had so that was on June 2nd. By June 4th, I had an army of 35 staff members to help me. I didn't have time to vet, so I one of my staff members, I said, please go out and find everybody that you know that had was on honor roll, valedictorians, athletes. I don't have time to vet. I need people that are mentally yeah. tough and smart problem solvers and critical thinkers and get them now. So she got an army together of those exact things. These are all high achieving college students that had lost their internships yeah. and they were hungry for a job and they were all about the movement. Mm-hmm. So I brought them on board and basically it was just a grind every day. We were getting emails from customers saying, where's my cookies? Your website says you get them in three days. (laughs) So we didn't even have time to update the website and say, you know, it's going to be a while. So we were getting about 150 emails a day from angry people. Oh wow! The sales kept coming in, and I was looking at that number going up, thinking, how am I going to fulfill this? I'm a numbers cruncher, so I did the math, and I calculated how many cookies per hour we could get out. So it wasn't going to be enough, so I had one day to find some automated equipment that... We could expedite production. So, and usually I like to think things through, price check, research. I didn't have time to do any of that. It all had to be done within two days. So, and then we get the bad news that our vegan white chocolate was going to take two weeks to get in. So, a lot of those orders had the cookie that requires vegan white chocolate. So our just everything was coming at me all at once. It was like a slap on this side in the face, a, a slap, slap on this side, and a punch to the right, and punch to the left. And, <laughs> you know, I would get down to my knees like Rocky with the next problem and then get right back up and go,
0: okay, what's next? What's next?
1: So it went on for days, every day, just that grind. And I would go home at night and I, you know, called my boys and my husband and I said, you guys look – this is one of the most challenging things. I'm gonna get through this, but I need everybody's help. And I just broke down. That's one place where I can be vulnerable. And I just broke down crying and my boys rallied around me and everyone put their arms around me and said, mom, you can do this and we're gonna take care of you. And they just gave me that energy and that strength to get through it. And, you know, I had to be strong for my staff because I was trying to lead them and, you know, create a vision and try to get organized. Cause I was shipping 20 orders a day. And I didn't have any production experience to be able to yeah. manufacture and ship 2,000 orders a day. You know, people go yeah. to college for that for supply chain. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you, you know, one thing about that it's funny because you kept going and hustling and learning. You know, you kept learning as you go. Because most people, and it doesn't, and you, you know, you needed people. You needed all hands on deck to make sure you fulfilled these things. But you didn't go that route that a lot of other startups do, or um, even small businesses, where they just try to hire for all these positions you know they put a lot more money out there they'll get like the supply chain manager the marketing manager or the operations manager why didn't you go that route?
1: I didn't know any better and I'm a control freak so I wanted to make sure I had high quality people that I trust and know helping me because our product I'm you know my name's on it and I'm very proud of our product and what Mm -hmm. we stand for And I didn't want to go to outside vendors and have strangers coming in and diluting what we were doing and not having the standards that I have. And I didn't have time to think about that. I had, you know, I had to get this army together because those orders just kept coming in every day, every Mm -hmm. day, 2,000 orders. You know, once we had 10,000 orders in the queue, I just, you know, (laughs) there's there's no time. I couldn't even stop to eat because if I stopped for 15 minutes in production, that would slow us down by, you know, 200 cookies. So there's... I just didn't know any better. And Mm. I, like I said, I wanted to control who I brought into my family, my business Mm. family. And my uh, online manager, Shelly, who's been with me from the start, she's one of my best friends. She's just real and down to earth and smart. And when I started the business, I said, Shelly, we're going to have an online store and you're the perfect person to work it. And I just, it's going to be a couple hours a week. And that's how it went on for about three years. We would get, you know, 20 orders a week here. Yeah a good week we would get 50 orders in a week and all of a sudden we got slammed and she's gritty and she's an athlete and she's strong and she was right there by my side and she adjusted and helped me get through this so without her she's my business rock so she has the same mindset I have
0: you know it's it's funny you said about you know not one calling yourself a control freak. I know I have a I have a friend who's also a client of mine. Sometimes when we work on projects and I consult, and he 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 had this revelation. He's like, man, I seem like a micromanager when it comes to certain things. I'm like, you like things a certain way, but doesn't that help you also having your hands in all the things? It helps you understand the the true nature of your work. So when you do hire someone, you don't have to micromanage them, right? Because it, you you know what worked and what didn't work, or at least you. Had a grip of it because sometimes people doing business get done the wrong way because they hire someone and that person just talks. You know, have you ever had any experience like that in business?
1: I have not. And the way that I've run Maya's Cookies is everyone that works for me pretty much has worked in every department. So my warehouse manager started as our dishwasher and then he moved up to helping in production making cookies and then he moved to sales at the farmers market and then he circled back. He is a genius at operating machinery. So when we all of a sudden got all this automated machinery, yeah. he was like a kid in a candy store and he understood <laughs> it. So now he's managing the machines in the yeah. warehouse. So it benefits me and them to know how every op, every department works within Maya's cookies, because yeah. they understand the overall vision. So everyone that has worked for me, ex- with the exception of one, has worked in every department pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh, okay. So.
0: Nice. You know, and, and I think I want to take it back another step where you talked about when you went home, you broke down and you had your, you know, your family, like, you know, as they say, lay hands on you and it helped you out. How important is that to have that, a, a strong support system because some people when, you know, they might not necessarily believe in your dreams, your partner might, your kids might not. What should someone do if Necessarily, the, the, their lover or someone doesn't really believe in them in that sense because they might be risk averse, they might just not get it because some ideas might be like so far out there, but it may be something that you're passionate about. Should they build a support system with other people or what?
1: I think you need at least one, all it takes is one person. You don't need a team or an army, all you need is one person that believes in you, whether it's a friend, someone from church family member your spouse maybe it's not your spouse my spouse wasn't on board in the beginning you know my the tent I bought at big five with my $10 off coupon sat in the garage for two months And I, before I started and I remember him sing, thinking or saying to me you bought that tent it's just been sitting in the garage I am like I know but I bought it because it was on sale my coupon was expiring <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna this business is gonna start in a couple months but I'm yeah. trying to save money so and he, whenever I would have a new idea or want to branch out years ago, years ago as in two years, maybe mm-hmm. a year ago, I run it by him and he would downplay or go, I don't know, you shouldn't do that work. I was looking at expanding to my space. I don't mm-hmm. know. And finally I said, you know what? Everyone believes in me except for you. You're the only person that doesn't believe that I can do this. And finally, it, you know, he said, he reflected on that and he came back to me an hour later and he said, you know, you're right. And it's because... I don't have the guts to start a business. I'm risk-averse. That's why I work for somebody, and you're not. And I need to just, you know, believe in you and trust that you know what you're doing and just be here to support you.
0: And not to even age you, you know, you said the marble cake thing, <laughs> but to be a woman, a, a person of a certain age and then like to leave everything you knew behind and start something new. That's, that's, that's amazing. Cause people don't even start things even when they're 18 or 20, but to be, you know, you're at like, you're at like the prime of your life, like family, kids in college, you know, how, how did you, How did that feel like when you like when that light bulb went and you like, I'm I'm doing this for my kids, you know, I'm going to this needs to pay for them. We need to do all of this. But was it scary still at times? Did it like did you have like anxiety attacks or anything?
1: No, I saw a vision and I always said I want to be the number one gourmet vegan cookie company in America. And I I saw it and I wanted it. And I just put it out there and then I took steps to keep going. So I was never in that space that you spoke of. Mm -hmm. And also I was driven because I wanted to make sure that my kids can go to college. That was my boys, my family. That's what drives me. But I will tell you, when I started this business, I was so driven to make sure I could pay for their college that I was teaching my spinning classes and training clients in the morning. Yeah. Then I would go to production and bake cookies, and then I would go to the farmer's market. And then on the days that I didn't have farmer's market, I would work a nighttime job at Pottery Barn, trying to make a few. So I was like, oh, you were I'm not afraid of a little hard work. <laughs> your hands were really That's in. right. Oh, wow. So, and I remember when I quit my little eight hours a week at Pottery Barn, and a few of them kind of chuckled and laughed and said, are you really going to sell your cookies? Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, and I re- remember that, thinking... Yes, I am. And I go back in there sometimes to shop, and I'll wear my Maya's Cookie shirts. And a few of them still work there, and we're on friendly terms, but I make it a point to <laughs> wear my shirt. I'm like, you see this guess river. what? I'm back. Do I'm y'all back. want some of these cookies? Because yeah. these
0: cookies aren't cheap either. Right. So, and you have a good customer base. And I think that's so important what you just said about that they were like, are you serious? You know, and I really think that a lot of times people da- um, downplay, especially African-Americans wanting to do more, you know? If you go to college, everybody praises you, but the moment you say you wanna start your business, it seems like the the room gets quiet and there's a chill in the air and it's like Michael Myers' music comes on, mm-hmm. but no one really, pr- you know, really makes sure that we encourage that in the community as much, you know? Is that something you see and, uh, even though you've experienced?
1: I have. I'm in a women's group and I'm the only entrepreneur in the group. It's a black women's community service group. And I started looking around and I thought, wow, I think I'm the only entrepreneur. Why is that? And I think, yes, exactly what you said, that it's scary, number one. And you're right. The room gets cold and people, everyone has a great idea, but it's all about that grit and believing in yourself, believing in your product, Mm -hmm. taking the right steps and doing it right. Yeah and being methodical, being on top of your paperwork. And that's just how my personality is. Mm -hmm. I'm a Virgo, so I'm a perfectionist.
0: Oh, man, that means you are twice a perfectionist. That means you probably even go check your check marks to make sure you do those.
1: (laughs) Right? So I am all about crunching numbers, doing the math, I wasn't good in school. In school, I was terrible at math, but when it comes to handling my finances with my business, I turn into Einstein. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's something I relate and care about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it's so important you said about your numbers. You know, even when we first met, and that's what I talked about with our program. Because when I go, when I talk to business um, like these entrepreneurs, you know, and I tell people the problem with the entrepreneurial journey is no one wants to really invest in your ideas or your dreams, they want to invest in the end product. People want to invest in Maya now. You know, it's more so, and that's why I like to work with people when they have these ideas, where it's not gonna generate revenue right now, because if we get you on the right path, you won't have to make those bad investments in certain things. And you might take your time, because you know, people sometimes feel like you have to do it right now. You know, if you have an idea, Maya's Cookies, oh, you need to be at the farmer's market tomorrow. I'm like, you took your time, you learned it, and people don't realize then you learn if you can charge more or less, because on average, I really have seen that people, they leave about 40% at least of profits that they could have made if they just did a two to four dollar increase and, and focus on certain core products our services and took away everything and you know so I really appreciate that you said that part
1: yeah well I have a business mentor so when I was personal training one of my clients was a strong woman who owns a construction company and she is just amazing so she is my mentor and she's the one that she doesn't push anything, but she gently will nudge me and tell me things that I need to consider and know. And crunching your numbers and knowing all of that was one of the first things she said. I didn't know anything about margins. I, I did know, I just didn't know that's what it was called. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, she taught me that you have to factor every single thing about your business mm-hmm. into the cost of that product. So yeah. for instance, I know how much per hour it costs for my rent and my electricity bills and my product and my ingredients and everything and I factor all I have two uh, charts one for all those expenses and one for just my cost of goods I think when yeah. food sometimes people that are new to the industry just look at how much the product the cost of goods is the ingredients and they're not factoring in the time and yeah. your electricity and whatever other expenses you have exactly. and breaking that down and then breaking that down mm-hmm. and so she really helped me with that. She she didn't tell me how much to do. She just nudged me and said, I need to know about that. Yeah. And then I took it upon myself to learn and figure it out. And I'm still learning.
0: Mm-hmm. So Nice. Um, how important is it for an entrepreneur to have a mentor?
1: Extremely important. Extremely. When I went through that June spike, I called her. And she was my sounding board. And she said, you know, having... A huge growth like this is going to be better than a business degree, law school, whatever from Harvard. She said, you're going to get a better education in the next two weeks than you ever <laughs> would in an MBA program yeah. at an Ivy League college. And she also said, it's uh, scaling up that fast is going to be real expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. So did you learn, um, you know, because um, in grad school we'll just say words like um, economies of scale or economies of scope. Now, you know, all those terms. But the good thing is, you know, how applicable it is, you know, because in school, it's easy. It's easy to write about it, to talk about it. We have these scenarios, you know. Oh, my gosh. So if Maya's cookies had X amount and then people go,
1: yes, no problem.
0: I'll put up a job on here. I'll do <laughs> this and that. It's like. That's not real reality. No, you, know? you got
1: to figure that out while people are emailing you saying, "Where's their order?"
0: <laughs> and when you have uh, <laughs> when you have one of your workers asking you how to do this, and then your, your kids are asking, they need tuition paid. Right? Like. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah, that's a better scenario. They should teach it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> how did you say saying? Exercise. Exercise. Exercise is my way to just get clarity, mm-hmm. and not easy exercise. I need to go all out. Sweating, about to have a heart attack. Yeah. Intervals, bring it up, take it back down. And when I get off, I'm refreshed. I have mental clarity, yeah. and I can make better decisions.
0: Okay, nice, nice. You know, I had a couple questions. I was thinking I'm like, I want to do this. I want to go these. You know, that's what we want to do with these. Want to like have people like connect with connect with you on a on a deeper level. Where should people expect to see Maya's cookies within the next five years?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, for some reason, I I have so many different ways I can take this business right now, but in five years, I definitely want to be the number one name on people's tongues when they think of the best gourmet vegan cookies in America. I want to be the Nabisco. Maya's cookies will be the Nabisco of the vegan cookie nice. world.
0: So you want to be in like um, like a Trader Joe's or? Not
1: necessarily. No, 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 not necessarily. My from the beginning, my vision was to be a beautiful, delicious gift that you are proud to give someone. I remember the Harry and David uh, fruit boxes from the 80s. I don't know, maybe they still are around, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I just remember they were always elegant and the fruit was wrapped in foil and that's something that you really want to give someone to impress them and I thought, that's what I want Maya's cookies to be. I want the packaging to be beautiful And the product to be delicious and just as beautiful, and I want it to be something that you gift someone when you have your plant-based friends that are skeptical, or you just want to gift them a delicious box of cookies that are plant-based. America's going plant-based.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I'm on on my day 32, and I love it.
1: And vegans need cookies.
0: You know, I love how you use, you, I don't know if you ever know you, they teach you these words and you use them in a, in a proper way when it comes to like when you say gift, you know, when they talk about what else can a customer do. And so when they talk about e-commerce or sales and, um, you know, in any type of um, retail, that, that's a that's a product that I say, OK, it can be gifted to someone. Did you know you do, do you even are you realizing that you say these things that are actually like terminologies that they use or is this just no. how you already thought about it?
1: That's just how I thought about it. I don't have a higher education. Yeah. school was not for me and it wasn't in the cards and for you know I'm surrounded by people that are highly educated and I always felt lesser than because mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that but I finally came to terms to realize that I'm smart Yeah, <laughs> just in different ways. different ways I got my education differently yeah so I know I don't know these these are just things that I
0: intend um what's the word um instinctually new or something but no you definitely do that's why when you're saying it, I love it because if I'm designing something like systems for someone and if they're selling their cookies we'll go okay well there's three ways we can sell these cookies there's gonna be B2C for a consumer they're gonna buy them for themselves um, and then there's B2B. Maybe you want to like key accounts or something. Maybe you want to be at a cafe or you want to be at a Kroger's or anything. But then there's also um, other modalities like gifting and stuff. So people pay people tons of money to come in here and draw these charts out and say those things. So I just want to let you know oh. you are speaking in all the NBA terms, even if no one's ever told you you are. So. Excellent. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Okay. It's good
1: to know. Some, I always say I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. going with my gut and but, my Virgo number crunching. <laughs> Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is too but funny. you know, part
1: of it too is I like to be face to face with my customers for several reasons. One, I want to thank them for purchasing my product and I love it's bring cookies make people happy. Yes. And when I'm face to face with my customers, I'm happy, they're happy, we're all happy and it's a big love fest. I also want to get feedback from them. Yeah. I want to know exactly what they like and don't like about certain products. And they'll tell you and that's why the farmers markets were so valuable and that's why i'd rather just sell direct to my consumer because they can come in and get the product from me and they'll You know, I feel like they're part of the Mayas Cookies family and I tell them about my sons and, you know, this cookie purchase, you're helping my kids get through school. This one's graduate. They know about my family. (laughs) So I tell them, I said, this cookie that you're buying, I know you're just buying three cookies, but But these dollars, yes, this is paying for my kids to go to school. And not only that, it's helping me build this business and I'm able to do something I'm passionate about, which is give back to the community. And help someone else come up and help others that yeah. need help. Everyone needs a helping hand every now and then. And if I'm able to provide that in some way, shape, or form, I want to do it. So Nice.
0: Did you ever think you would be an inspiration for others, like your story?
1: Um, I don't think my inspiration for others, my story. You don't think so? <laughs> I don't know. You don't think so?
0: A mother of three, a wife that starts it all over and within five years and goes from 20 cookie orders a week to having it where it was slammed down to 10,000 in a month that is inspirational well, from thank farmers you. markets to the big warehouse to being able to do these things where everybody talks about you like
1: you don't think that's inspirational? oh i guess i don't see all that that you're well, seeing i <laughs> well i see it i want to
0: let you know you are thank inspirational you. i think that's thank an inspirational you. thing for especially women and mothers because a lot of times we you know, I w- we were we had a conversation on our mompreneur talk where when women have a lot going on, we always say, "Oh, or how can you juggle so much?" But when men have a lot going on, it's like, "Man, I see you. You're grinding." You know, we have this like this type of way to think that there's a capacity that women can only get to, and then it's like it's too much. But you're showing the opposite. You're showing that you can do that. You you were doing 20 jobs at once and still <laughs> making the cookies. You know, so I think that's amazing, and I think that's one of those things where. You are inspiration, but, Thank you know... You. you. cannot tell me no one's ever told you were inspiration.
1: I don't... I don't know. No one's ever I, said that? You don't, don't read the reviews? I'm, I'm going to okay. look now that someone <laughs> has to say Maya's cookies. I, I think so. But hearing it from you, it's very sincere. Yeah. And you're pointing some things out that maybe I hadn't... I'm getting a little tear in my eye <laughs> that maybe I hadn't recognized before. Yes. I mean, you...
0: I'm not, no, no lie. Making a cooking empire for of cookies you just started, that it's not like you were new to this and and you did it for your boys. You could have easily quit, you could have easily did a lot of things, but you persevered. And I think that you also showed that it's okay to be vulnerable, to let it go. There are a lot of things that people can learn from you that me, even as an entrepreneur my own business, like started, that I could take that now. I need to make sure to my own spouse, you need to, like, <laughs> you know, and make sure I have that. But you said everything about it, you know? And I think you need to give yourself more credit, actually. I think you need to give yourself a lot more credit. You, you say MBA terms without over-complicating them, like a lot of graduates I've met in graduate school that irritate me but you say it in such a way where it's just natural
1: well thank you thank you such (laughs) nice words I appreciate hearing that sometimes (laughs) it feels good to hear some nice things about yourself no
0: thank you um, for that I um you know we're about to end um I do appreciate your time I hope you had a great time here absolutely I'm I'm happy that everyone's going to hear your story are there any words of encouragement you would love to you know leave off with for people who are starting their business maybe thinking about quitting their business or just are in the middle of a rut
1: Yeah, I say, listen to your gut. It's going to get hard, but put your big girl pants on and get it done. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) Get it done by Maya. That's right. (laughs) Perfect.